0: Hello, my name is Dusty Otis. Welcome to the Redefined Church podcast. I'm so glad that you're taking part of your day to join us. My prayer for you is that this message would be meaningful to you, that it would challenge you, and that it would help you move forward in your faith. To be a part of all that we get to do here at Redefined Church, visit us online at churchredefined.com forward slash give. I hope you enjoy today's message. Glad that you're joining us this Palm Sunday. You know, today marks the, the start of Holy Week as Jesus took his first step to living his last week here on Earth, and uh, today symbolized, it means a lot to us, especially as we look at the life of Jesus over the next week, which is something we're going to be doing. So, make sure that you uh, stay connected with us on social media as we take a look each day this week at the last week of Jesus' life. Love to have you join us for that, and then ultimately for Good Friday and next East, next Sunday Easter service. And so, as we step toward that, um, thrilled that uh, we're going to have a continuation today. You know, last week we had our first guest speakers ever with Alan and Brenda Miller. And Alan is going to be continuing last week's message on generosity. as so we talked about the 11%. Today we're talking about the first 10, the first 10 and how we return to God. As this week kind of marks uh, that for Jesus and living His last week and Him returning to the Father. How do we do that? And it's not just through our words and our actions, but it's also through... Um, through a sacrifice of what we have, of all that God has given us. And so I hope you'll be tuned in, leaned in today as we um, get to hear from Alan Miller one more time. Grab your Bibles and your notebooks because today's going to be a great day.
1: Good to see you guys this Palm Sunday. This morning, a beautiful, bright, sunny morning here. Great Sunday to start the Giving to Give series on week 7th. And today, Pastor Otis has taken another week off. And while he's doing that, to introduce myself, my name is Alan Miller. I'm here for the second week. My wife was with us last week. She's unable to make it this week. But we want to say to you, good morning from the both of us. And this morning, what we want to study about, pick up a little bit from where we were last week, about our generosity and are we being rich towards God this week we're going to focus primarily on what the tithe is and what the tithe means in terms of returning to God Um, there's a lot of great teachings out there on tithing i'm sure we've heard a lot of it Um, it's been a constant in most church services about tithing and giving to God and when it comes to this this subject there's a there's a lot of questions that that come about and one for me was when i first started this process uh and actually for my wife and i we both it was this it was what's what's really the purpose in this and and what's what's the benefit from it you know why do i need to tithe why um god's meeting my needs why do i need to tithe um, there's all kinds of thoughts that come along with it. You know, who benefits from the tithing? Um, if I'm giving 10% of everything that's coming in into, uh, into my bank account and I give 10% of that to God, what happens to the 90%? Am I supposed to just kind of struggle along with that? Or am I uh, going to be blessed by that? There's a lot of... Uh, questions and it just gets down to this it's what's the point what's the bottom line point so over the years uh my wife and i've done different levels of ministry and and when you talk to people about this it, it can become a very touchy subject because what your financial situation is and and as single parents to begin with we are a mix in our family it, it was hers and his and and ours and when we brought that together I'm telling you the resources that we had at our disposal there wasn't much to pay anything we were just barely paying attention at that point in time of our lives but the, the thing is is that tithing is a principle that God has set before us and I don't want to get into you know too much of the details about it I just want to say you know get into you know what's the point why are, we, why are we commanded to do this? And I just want to start with little light things here. Um, i got a friend of mine uh, in the oil field. We, uh, our work is all in the oil field, and you hear some pretty interesting stories. And one of the guys, uh, when the subject of tithing came up, I said, uh, what do you think about tithing? He says, "Oh, I tithe every now and then." He says, "Especially when I need a favor from the big man." That was his giving line. Uh, he would tithe from time to time when he needed a favor from God, and uh, it's just it's amazing how we 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 look at what tithing is. We had another guy, and I'll never forget this: when we were facilitating Singles Ministries, we had a guy that came in on a uh, on a Friday night, we had a service on Friday nights and he came in and, and he walked up to me and he said, God's going to hit it big this weekend. And I said, what do you mean? And he pulls out this big wad of cash and he says, I had a great week at the casino. And it's like, okay, that's that was his interpretation of how he was going to give a tithe to God. It's just And it's just amazing. And it's it, You hear different stories and some people even seasoned believers when you ask them about this. Well, someone might say, well, I tithe my time. And I kind of thought about that one. it's like, well, yeah, we kind of do. But is that really what God is saying about the tithe? So I want to just take a little bit of time here and and go over, first of all, what it's not. Uh, The tithe is not a voucher. That you buy from God to gain favor with Him, um, you might get the praise of man by giving a big tithe, and you might draw the attention of other people about you know how much you threw in the uh, coffer or the bucket or whatever. But it it's not a voucher you can buy a favor with God. And uh, to our friend there that uh, thought that God was going to hit it big on the Sunday, um, the tithe is not a spiritual slot machine. It's not like I'm going to put in a little double down on it and hope I hit a God-sized return somewhere in the next week or two. It, it doesn't work that way. I had another guy. One, he's, he, just, he got saved. And we started talking to him. He says, well, what's my next steps? What do we do? And we started having this discussion about the tithe. And we said, well, you need to give you know 10% to the Lord. And he said... Man, he said, I have been given to Uncle Sam. It started out at 10, then it went 20 and 30%. He says, Now I've got a tithe. I got to give to Jesus too. It kind of took him back. It's like, surprised him. But the tithe is not some religious tax that you pay or a membership fee um, to pay to get into heaven. And the fourth thing here, uh already stated it, when we say God wants a tithe, He's not talking our time. He's not talking your time to the church that you may volunteer. You may see it that way, but the reality of it is it's not your time. He says it's the increase of your first fruits. We'll get into that here in a little bit. Proverbs 3 and 9 in the Amplified Version says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, and all the first fruits of your crops, and in parentheses there it says income. Malachi three ten, Lord says this: Bring the full tenth into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Notice this: That God is not saying bring into my house all your time. He's not. He's saying bring in the tenth, the first of all your increase. So in America. In the economy that we live in, it's unlike what it was in Israel. Israel would bring in um, grain, corn, wheat, barley. They would bring that into the storehouse. It was commanded by God to give the first tenth of the increase to the temple, to the storehouse, so that the priests could fulfill their duties before God. Now, today... We're not bringing our corn, our wheat, our hay, our straw, or our oil, or anything that we manufacture into the storehouse of God. There, there is a, an exchange that goes on in, in our world today. In our culture, that exchange is done through, through dollars, through money. So when we sell our grain, we get a dollar. And that dollar, whatever amount of money goes into our bank account, That is the increase that comes from an exchange of goods into dollars. So for us, it would be money. That would be the first of our increase. So when we look at that, that's what God is saying. I want you to bring your resources, your financial resources that you gain. I want the first of it. I want the 10% of that. And there's a reason for that. And we're going to get into that here in a minute. So the principle of returning, the first principle in the tithe here is that this is God's plan to consistently and continually return to Him. It it puts us in a position that we always have to return to God. We are returning to Him in our finances. And when our finances go, our heart goes with it. So it's a returning to God. As we studied last week, we remember that God owns everything. Just to recap that, that Psalms 24.1. one it says that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Haggai 2 says the silver is mine and the gold is mine. In John 16.15, Jesus said this, that all that belongs to the Father is mine. So the premise or the principle that we start with or the foundation that we start with is that everything belongs to God and then He entrusts us with those resources to further His kingdom and the way that He starts that process in our lives is through the tithe. To further understand the principle of this, I'm going to go one more step further and we'll talk about this, that in the kingdom of God, there are specific laws. There are certain things that God can do and there are certain things that God can't do. And the one thing we're going to talk about today is God can't be number two. He's got to be number one. He has to be number one in our hearts. He should be number one in our homes. He should be number one in our family's resources. He should be number one. He has the position of being first. Now, this is the law. It's called this, the law of, of firsts it's the first in matthew twenty-two thirty-seven 37 through 38 this is in the niv says you must love the lord your god with all your heart with all your soul and all your mind this is the first and greatest commandment this alone is enough to build everything else upon that god's commandment here is that we are to love him with everything we have, our soul, our strength, our might, all of that. And that includes our financial resources. So when we look at this passage right here, it says this is the first and it's the greatest. Is not the Lord the first and the everlasting? Is he not the greatest? So this is connected specifically through the words of Jesus that this is the first and the greatest commandment and that's the way he wants our resources to brought to him to remember that he is the first and he is the greatest and because he's the first and he's the greatest he has the ability to bless us beyond anything else anyone else does another example of this is this is in exodus 29 and 40 moses is saying here this is how we are going to bring an offering to the lord it says With the first lamb, add one-tenth of measure of high-quality flour. So here is the first lamb and one-tenth of the income that they had of the finest flour. This is all representation of the law of the firsts. Another example of this is quite simply when Abel in Genesis, brought an offering to God. He brought it. He brought it from the first of his flock. So he offered the first of his flock to the Lord. Now, it's interesting that it starts all the way back there and it continually comes in to where we are today. Genesis 4 and 4. This is it. Abel also presented an offering, some of the firstborn of his flock and their fat portion. That is the example that starts the ball rolling from Genesis all the way through Malachi. Another example of this, it's interesting where God is leading people. It's still the same principle where he leads us. The first thing that we come to, he wants us to know that it's significant. And it's worthy for him to have it. This is the example of the children of Israel coming out of Egypt. And the Lord says, I'm bringing you into the promised land. Now the rains have been passed from Moses over to Joshua. And the first city that they come to is Jericho. And the Lord says to destroy it and everything in it. The gold is his, the silver, the bronze, all that belongs to him Joshua 6:17 and verse 19 for the city and everything in it are set apart for the Lord for all the silver all the gold and all the articles of bronze and iron are dedicated to the Lord now when they go in they have a great victory the Lord is the one that brings down the walls of Jericho And they go in there and they plunder the city. And God says, don't take any of that stuff. That's consecrated to me. It's set aside for me. And once you get past this, you can have everything else that you come in contact with. So here, God leading a group of people to offer the first that comes to them. Now... The other thing is this, is that in all of this, the offering during this time of year uh, of God's offering, Jesus on the cross, sacrificing Him for us, comes to us here in the next week. And we're going to understand a little bit more of this instruction, God took his son and he offered Jesus up for our sins. If we look at Jesus, he lived a sinless, perfect life, and he also died a sinless, perfect life. Why is this, why is this so important to us? We can't do that on our own. We can't stand before a holy and righteous God. We have no standing with Him. And in God's eyes, we are unclean. Now, what God had set forth for the nation of Israel is this. He said the firstborn of every clean animal, that would be a sheep, an oxen, a cow, there's several others, a deer, Um, those were to be sacrificed of the firstborn. If you had an animal that was unclean, like a donkey, that animal was to be redeemed. So when we see the picture of God bringing Jesus to earth to die for our sins, the spotless lamb as God commanded Israel, to offer as a sacrifice. That right there is a picture of Jesus dying a sinless, perfect life before God. God offered Him up as a sacrifice. And at the same time, Jesus is clean and He is redeeming the unclean. Just like God told Israel that the unclean animal needed to be redeemed. Now, this is important to remember that all this ties together because when God offers his first and only son on our behalf, he is fulfilling the law of firsts. And so as that as a model in adoration towards our Lord, that is the first thing that we should offer up that we have that he has given us. He gave us his son. He gives us resources to gain wealth. We should be returning those things to Him. So when God says, I want you to return to me with a tithe, what does that mean? I want you to return. Well, everything is the Lord's and everything that He has given us is to be honoring Him in return. It's something that we do weekly, Biweekly, whenever you have your increase. This is the principle. God gave us Jesus. We give honor and respect back. And we worship. Our worship comes through our tithe. So when we choose not to tithe, God says this. This is Malachi 3, 7, and 8. It says this, But you ask, how are we to return to you? Here again, God is saying, I want you to return to Me with your tithes and your offerings. God says this, Will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. And the people said, Well, how are we robbing you? And God says, It's through your tithes and your offerings. They were withholding from God. And God is saying, I want to bless you, but you're tying my hands. I can't bless you. This is one of the things that God can't do if we don't align ourselves with His principles, tie ourselves together with His kingdom laws, His kingdom principles, we're left out there on our own to try to figure it out. The second thing here I want to point out is this, is that when we tithe, we are actually submitting ourselves to God. This is the picture of constantly returning to Him and saying, here's my offering, Lord. You are great. You're awesome, I love you, and this is what belongs to you, and I'm returning it back to you. We don't hold on to that. It's an act of worship. So when we submit to God, we are placed under His protection, and we fall under His authority. If we look at James 4 and 7, it says this, Submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. I want you to notice this, says the first thing that we are commanded is to submit to God. He doesn't say resist the devil first and then submit to God. He says, submit to God first, resist the devil. Why is this important? Well, Satan is not scared of you. He's not. He's not scared of you at all, but he is scared of God working through you. And for this to happen, for this to happen, we have to submit to God. We have to get under His authority and under His law. And then it's God's job and His right to protect us. So when we do this, it puts a covering of God's authority and God's protection, not only our lives, but our finances. When we return and we give back to God, the first of our increase, there's a promise that is attached to it. God just doesn't say, give me 10% and good luck with everything else. No, He's going to bless it. It would be out of His character if He didn't bless it. God cannot violate His character. Those that honor Him, He honors. Those that honor Israel, He honors. Those that curse Israel, He he curses. And those that curse God, He will curse. So those principles, you can't get away from them. Those laws, you can't violate them and think that it's everything's going to be fine. The thing is God wants to bless us. He wants to. But He's got certain guidelines, certain principles that He will not violate and He will not step out and bless your finances for... Not tithing or not giving, it would be out of his character. The promise, when God gives a command and a promise to it, that's something that we need to stop and take a look at. It's much like this one here. Ephesians 6 and 2 says this, Honor your father and your mother, which is the first command with a promise you catch that? It's the first command with a promise. What is important to take a look at here? Well, it's this. Honor your father and your mother who God gave you. God gave you your mother and your father. Honor your father and mother, which is the first command with a promise. Why? Here's the promise. That if you do that, things will go well with you. Things will go well with you. This was laid forth in the Ten Commandments. It's the first one that applies to man. The first four apply to God. The next six apply to man. This is the first one, honor. So when we give the tithe, we are honoring God. And he attaches a promise to it. So here's what it says. Malachi 3 and 7 says, return to me and I will return to you. Here's the promise of God. If, if we will return to him, we return with giving of tithes to him, our 10%, but our hearts go with it. Our hearts go with it. He will return to us. The second thing is, is he says this, I will rebuke the devourer for us or for your sake. The thing that is controlled in Satan's system. He's going to stop that. He rebukes it. He keeps it from coming near your resources. Why? Because we fall under His authority. We are in His covenant. And it is God's responsibility to protect us. Those things that eat up everything generally come when we are not walking in agreement with god and walking in step with him and a lot of it comes from our ties Um, we had a couple that that we knew several several years ago and they were having some very significant financial problems and not just financial problems they were having problems with their house it was falling around on had problems with their cars it seemed like there was just one thing after another and after another and they had gone they had gone to bible college and they had gone and they had served in churches and they had been all over the country from coast to coast and when i sat down and we had a conversation with them asked them the question straight up are you guys tithing and they said you know that's an interesting question because I've got a real problem with that. And when we talked this through, it was that they have been Christians 30 years and looked back and said, hmm, you know, we were never really consistent in doing that. Well, you start to see the devour that came. Their house was falling apart. Their cars were falling apart. Everything that they did, their fences were falling down their backyard and it was just on and on and on and on it went. They were trying to walk and step with everything else that they knew to do. But when it came to tithing and giving to God, there was a, there was a block there. The third thing that God promises is this. If you test me, try it and see If I won't open the windows of heaven, Malachi 3 and 10. This is the King James Version. It says, and I'll pour out a blessing that you can't contain. Test me. He, God is, this is really the only place that God is saying that you can legally test me, so to speak. He is, he's he's basically double dog daring you to try it. Test me in this and see if I won't. If I won't. Now, One of the things that that my wife and I have understood is that when we started on this journey of tithing, things didn't turn around immediately. It wasn't like a microwave turnaround, but what God did is that He actually turned things around little by little. We started seeing that our clothes didn't wear out. We started seeing that our neighbor's paint was fading on their house and ours was was still in good shape and that faced the West and the South. And we it's like, these were built the same time. It's like, we didn't see any, you know, it's like, man, ours looks like the day it was new. Those sort of things. And it's like, we didn't have to spend money there. That's the kind of stuff that God does. It seems like our tires lasted longer. Um, Maybe go further on a tank of gas. I've heard this from a lot of people over the years that it's just amazing what God does when I tithe, can't put a number on it, but I start counting my blessings when I see what I have given to God and what He has given back to me. What I find interesting in this is that um, when you give the tenth, the tithe, as it becomes an act of worship, a spiritual act of worship, it's not just a financial transaction. That you're that you're making. If your heart is attached with it, it's not a financial transaction. Some of you may think, well, if I if I just give a hundred bucks here and two hundred dollars there or ten dollars here or whatever, that God's going to bless me. Well, it's the intent, as we talked about last week. Is your heart attached to it? Is it attached to it? The tenth is the first part, again, given to God. And what God says is the nine that you have left or the 90% you have left, I am going to spiritually, I say, I just call it a spiritual infusement into that. Why do I say that? Well, God is spirit, okay? He is spirit and we worship God in spirit and truth. And so when God blesses, He blesses beyond what we're able to comprehend or think. So we talked about last week. It doesn't enter into our thoughts. So when I studied some of this and was going back over it, it's interesting what the number nine represents. Nine is a number, biblical number in biblical numerology of a complete cycle. Nine is the end of the cycle. Ten starts the new one. So it's a number of completing. What's interesting is this, is that there are nine fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, and gentleness. Those are nine. I don't think that's any coincidence that that's the case. But there's nine of those. Another example of nine are the actual gifts of the Spirit. And what I find interesting in this is that the first two (laughs) and the third one, they all kind of play together with your, your finances. It's wisdom and then knowledge and then faith. And so how many of us would say, with my finances, I could use more wisdom and I could certainly use more knowledge about where to invest, and then when we start to understand how the Spirit leads us, the faith part would come in, how to invest. But there's nine, nine gifts of the Spirit that are brought to the table here when you give the first part to God. The other thing is this. Jesus died. If we didn't know this, I didn't remember this but Jesus died on the ninth hour. There's that cycle of completeness. When he said it was finished, that was on the ninth hour. And then amazingly, after his resurrection, before he ascended to heaven, he appears nine times after his resurrection. So there's a significance that God wants us to understand with that nine that's left in your possession when that first goes to him and we honor him with that, that's significant. So I'm going to wrap this up. The main point that I want to make here is that, again, tithing is worship. It's worship. It's God's plan of us worshiping him, coming back to his throne and saying, you are the first and you are the greatest. Tithing is worship. And God is looking for people to worship Him this way. John 4, 23, 24. Jesus says this, Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers that the Father seeks. God is spirit and His worshipers must worship Him in the Spirit and in truth. Did you guys catch that? Those are the types of worshipers the Father seeks. Remember last week we talked about 2 Chronicles 16 and 9. It says that the eyes of the Lord are looking to and fro across the earth. Looking, trying to find people that are holy, they're committed to Him. Their hearts are completely devoted to Him. This is a play off of that, takes it to a higher level. He is spirit, and He's looking for people to worship Him in spirit and worship Him in truth. Why? Because He will show Himself strong to us when we do that. What is spirit? That is our inner man praising God before heaven and earth, and saying, you are the first and you are the greatest. But the truth is this, the truth is what God says. Anytime that we return to God, what he says, what he has given us, whether that is his word or our finances, that is truth. We are returning God, the word of truth back to him, and we're falling in agreement with God, and that's what he's looking for. He's seeking those types of people. When I look at this worship of God, tithing is a pillar of that. And there are three pillars of worship. Three pillars of worship. Deuteronomy 6, 5 says, Love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. There's three things right there. Three pillars that were laid out originally in the foundation Of God's commands. We worship God with our words, our adoration, our praise to him. We speak back to him what he says. Lord, you are great. You are almighty. There is nothing that is impossible for you. There is nothing that you can't do. There is no one beside you, no one greater. You are the first and you are the last. We are coming in agreement with God and we are speaking what God speaks. This is a representation of God the Father. The second act of worship is with our actions, our deeds, serving others. This is a picture of Jesus coming, serving man, dying for man, acting upon the Word of God on our behalf. It's amazing. So in our sacrifice of worship to God, Paul says this, we die to self. We pick up our cross and we follow Jesus. We die to self. We offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. We present ourselves to God as a living sacrifice. And this is exactly what Jesus did. He offered himself as a living sacrifice before our heavenly father. The third part of this is that we worship God with our tithes and offerings. This brings glory to God when we return it. It magnifies Him. How? We talked about this last week when our offerings and our gifts that we give to the church, to God, are brought back to Him in a multiplying effect of praises and glory. Now the Holy Spirit's job is to bring glory to God. He does not seek glory for himself. We should not seek glory for ourselves. We shouldn't say I gave a million dollars or I gave a thousand dollars whatever the number is. The glory should all go to God. It's not to be drawn to us. And this is a picture of the Holy Spirit. He is glorifying God. So the pillar, three pillars are worshiping God with our words, worshiping God with our deeds, serving, and worshiping God with our finances through the tithe. So when we look at this again, what is the tithe? It's returning to God what is rightfully His from the very beginning. What He gives us with the nine, He blesses and He causes it to be blessed of heaven and it brings glory to him each time that we do that. And he honors us by returning more and much more than we gave him. It is an act of worship, is an act of returning to God with our finances and our heart and it completes the three pillars of worship. So we'll wrap this up with this, the action step. For this next week, ask yourself, am I returning to God? Have I returned to God through giving tithes? And if you're in doubt, take the first step. Just take a first step. And as God says in Malachi, test me. See if I will not bring a blessing to you that you cannot contain. I will open the windows of heaven, or some versions say the floodgates of heaven, and pour out blessings upon you that you can't possibly contain.
0: Hey, thanks so much for listening to today's message. I hope that God gave you revelation, that you were enlightened, and that you can see more of what God has for you. Make sure You take this message one step further by following through with our action steps so you can grow deeper in your relationship with God. If you want to know more about who we are or what's happening here at Redefined Church, you can visit us online at churchredefined.com. You can follow us on social media at Redefined Church, or you can subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, Vimeo, or Apple. Thanks for allowing me to be part of your life. I'll talk to you soon.